It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Charlton to get us underway. Dobson currently over the ball. Ball into the box looking for Stockley. He gets his head! And there's the opening goal! Charlton has scored a delivery absolutely perfect from Albie Morgan. Picks out Stockley, who rose first and flicked it past Fisher for the opening goal. Yeah, and that is a very, very difficult ball to defend if you're a centre-half. I know you want to look at it from Stockley's point of view. He was aggressive. He got above the centre-half. He pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball. And then once you've done that, it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and directed towards goal. He did that. We find ourselves one in front, but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan. Touch from O'Reilly is uh, picked down by... Sorry, and, uh, it's into the edge of the penalty area. The equaliser and it's Parrot who got on the end of the ball from Twine after it dropped into the middle. Charlton didn't pick up the run and then came on to back level. Yeah, and there's a little error from, from George Dobson there. He's gone for a ball that's not his to go for. Uh, it's, a little, it's always an issue for a player when a ball bounces in there and you think, I can get that. And you leave the position you're in, you leave the man that you're supposed to be marking and you go and try and win it and you don't get anywhere near it. The consequence of that is... It's nicked in front of you, it goes to the man that you're supposed to be marking. He turns and makes a, an inch-perfect pass behind the centre-halves to a very, very good run and a decent finish. O'Reilly to deliver towards the far post, headed back in. It's a chance, it's a good block by Famo. And so with the shot, Parrott pokes it forward, it's a chance! And it's converted by Issa. Cholton just stood and watched the MK Don striker convert. Initial pinball falls so kindly for the striker who couldn't miss, and MK Dons take the lead. Yeah, so you, you you have to make sure that when you're pushing out, when the initial clearance is made from a from a set piece, it goes into the second phase, and on the second phase, yeah, you push out, but you make sure you organise. There were six Charlton players in the centre of that six-yard box, and not one of them sort of took control and made sure they stayed alongside. Issa, and he did have the simplest of tasks of just stroking it in the back of the net from six yards out. And there is the full-time whistle. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes and we shall be looking back at that desperately disappointing defeat 
against uh, Milton Keynes during the week. And, of course, ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Wigan Athletic. We're going to hear from the man himself, Nigel Atkins, the Addicts boss, and from you guys as well. We've got some fan reaction uh, to the game. So joining me to do just that on your Thursday evening. First up, uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And also joining us uh, from another room in my house. The call is like a horror movie. The call is coming from within the house. It's Benji Cloak. How are you doing, Ben? <laughs> good evening, Louis. Yeah, good to have you on the show for the first time this season. Right, so we've just heard there the goals from the Milton Keynes game. Obviously, we're going to look back at that and uh, discuss uh, another defeat, our third uh, league game without victory so far. Uh, this season, of course, we're going to hear uh, from you guys. We've got your tweets and your emails. We've got some fan reaction from the fan bar uh, outside Milton Keynes' ground uh, the other day. We've got your emails uh, as well. Of course, we're going to hear from Nigel Atkins throughout the show. We're going to have his uh, reaction to that game against Milton Keynes uh, and a little bit of transfer story, I guess, and uh, the uh, the boss will look ahead to the game against Wigan. So, Ben, I mean, you were up there at Milton Keynes on Tuesday um, it's a weird one, really, because at full time, we're all absolutely fuming. Because again, you know, I mean, this time we've thrown away a lead, um, but we found ourselves um, chasing the game again in the second half, and again, similar to the Oxford game, not really finding a way back into it. Um, it's easy to forget now, considering how disappointing that second half was, that we did actually have a very good spell in the game and, and had the lead. But I think everyone will look at what happened after that again, and uh, the, the concerns that we're starting to see. Uh, this season sort of reared their ugly head once more. Yeah, you're right. I think we did start off really well right at the start of the game. Um, we were, I think, Jayasimi was looking really good and I didn't go to Oxford myself, but I heard that he wasn't much on the ball and Carl Robinson said his Oxford team man marked him out of the game, whereas he was getting on the ball, he looked lively, we were getting forward well as a team and, uh, yeah, scored a really good goal. Uh about time, one of Albie Morgan's crosses got um, connected well into the box and headed in. And, uh, yeah, it, we deserved a goal. We deserved to go 1-0 up. We were looking strong. Uh, all the fans were in really good voice, thinking, OK, look, we can turn that uh, negative performance against Oxford around today and really be on the front foot again. But, yeah, unfortunately, a lapse in concentration at the back let them let them back in the game literally two minutes after and and it just we just never seemed to get going again for a little while and then I thought then after that we had the best of the first half after that and uh, Stockley had a good shot that was saved but the first half was positive um, it was a shame we conceded because I don't think they deserved it uh, we we did have the the most of the first twenty minutes and it was positive. Uh, but as you said, unfortunately, the second half uh, was was polar opposite to that. Yeah, and, and, and that's the concerning thing again, Tom, that we, we've now seen two games in a row where we've gone behind in a game and not really found a way back into it. Obviously, the Oxford game was slightly different. Like we, we, we were two down, we got, got the penalty back and you thought that would set us up for a lively second half, which never never came. And then on Tuesday evening, it was a similar story in that as soon as we fell behind, you didn't see the differences that we could make as a team. You didn't see the sub that, that came off and, and, and sorted out the, you didn't see the switching the way we were going to play. If anything, you know, we, we seem to run out of ideas. Whereas in the first half, we'd actually, you know, look like, you know, for the first 20 minutes, looked like we, we, we had a performance within us. And that's a concerning thing for me is that we, we go behind and all of a sudden you don't really feel like we're going to get back into it. 
Definitely. Yeah, and, and Nathan and I were having this debate on on Tuesday night about what the problem was because I said to you to you two, uh, there's something not right about this team at the moment and, and I don't can't really put my finger on why it doesn't feel right. And Nath said that for him, or, or maybe posed it as a question, said maybe it's the identity. And, and I think what you've just said there kind of makes sense with that. I thought we were brilliant for those first 15, 20 minutes, moved the ball along really well, pressed them high, high energy across the pitch. And as you say, really, it was one silly mistake in midfield and a well-taken goal from them. You know, it had to be a good through ball and a good finish, although McGilvery was well out of position. But after that, you're right. We just looked devoid. And, and we've seen this over the last few seasons. We've looked devoid of confidence suddenly and we just start lumping it long up to Stockley. Uh, and We don't need to play that way. We'd shown for the first 15, 20 minutes what we can do on the ball. And and we just lost all that. And, and you're right. That's I think that's the most concerning thing for me at this stage. I'm not not pushing panic buttons. I don't think we need to do that. It's very early in the season, but you know, Nigel had a team playing a certain style towards the end of the last season and we were getting good results. And so far I've seen, I feel like I've seen enough of the preseason games and enough over these first three or four games, although I haven't been to one live yet, which I'm well aware of, but you know, I have seen the majority of the games and, and they just don't, don't quite look like they're gelling yet. And I'm hoping that that's all it is. And it's just, you know, uh, early days and it's just going to take a bit of time. But that identity isn't quite there. And we and we don't need to be a, a team that hoofs it up to, to Stockley because he's more than that. And that midfield are more creative than that. So that's something that Nigel needs to get right fairly early. Uh, and if he can, because as I say, they've shown glimpses of doing that, then I think we'll be fine. But yeah, it's that that fragility and that that kind of fallback of just oh we're just going to lump it long now that that would concern me at this stage yeah and 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 as you said there are those those concerns and things we've got to think about um i i certainly didn't feel like this at two o'clock on wednesday morning when we finally driven home ben you know obviously came back in the car with me but there are some positives to take out of that you know that that opening 20 minutes that's that's sort of what in my mind as, as a desperately positive person i'm going to cling to um, but again, the, the, the concern about the, the lack of options on the bench and, and we're in this stage in this early part of the season now where we've played three games, you know, Thursday will be, uh, Saturday even will be four games. I think there's another game before the, the final transfer window closes. So potentially could have played five games with a squad that's not ready yet. Uh, and, and that's quite clear from, from the bench, you know, Charlie, Charlie Kirk came on, which is a massive step in the right direction. And, and, you know, with all due respect to Charlie, we didn't give him the ball again, similar to, to how it was with DJ on, on, on the Saturday. Um, but still, you know, I think, you know, a lot of fans got quite angry when I tweeted that Ben Watson's about to come on. Didn't You know, it was probably not a personal slight on Ben, or I'm sure in some cases it probably is, but it's more the fact that we'd rather we were bringing on someone who you think is going to all of a sudden flip the game back in our, in our favour. Yeah, we just massively miss a game changer that can come on and, and really mix it up. Obviously, last season we had Chucks a lot of the time doing that and he was a different force to Jaden because he can play really well with his feet and runs well with the ball. Uh, but we're struggling to to bring anyone on that can do that at the moment. I think what really strikes me at the moment is that we've played three games and that we're unchanged in all three games. Um, and obviously the Oxford game didn't go well, and you think, okay, that game didn't go well, especially in the first half when we can see two goals, we might change it up, but Nigel's looking around and thinking, these young boys aren't ready. I mean, Deji came on on Tuesday night and made a really good account of himself. 
I remember one block he did which looked like it was going in and he threw his body at it and he did really well. So fair play to him. He's taken his chance. But I just think you have the likes of Clayden and Davison. Are they going to offer us anything different up front? Well, Nigel's there at training with them uh, day in, day out. And, and he's looking at it and doesn't think they are. So having Charlie Kirk coming in is a massive plus. But as Nigel said, he's had a big upheaval with his dad, unfortunately, passing away and moving down from up north and not having much training because of that. So it's going to take him a while. But as Tom rightly said, it's going to take the team a while to gel. And that's why it's... Uh, I, I think you'd struggle to find at the moment, I haven't looked, but a team in the EFL who have played all these games that haven't changed their team up because they know the likes of someone like Sean Clare, George Dobson... They played at different teams, at different styles. And as Tom was saying there, we need to find our own identity to make these players shine in their right way. But it might take them a little while to change to a different identity. So as as much as it is hard to find the positives at the moment, I think that that first 20 minutes when we were on top and we looked good and those players were looking good, I thought Claire and Dobson did look good for a little while. And I think people are pointing the blame at them at the moment because... They are in the middle of the park so and they are getting a lot of the balls. So they're there to be shot at because they're right in the prominent figure of it. But it will take them a time to get going. But we haven't got the players to kind of go, I tell you what, Claire, don't start today, but I'll give you half an hour to come on and really be lively and box-to-box kind of player he is. So, yeah, we're struggling in, in terms of that. And, of course, Nigel knows that because he isn't bringing people on because he doesn't think they're ready. So hopefully, as you said, in before the window, we can bring in some extra bodies because it doesn't look like Alex Gilby's going to be fit anytime soon. So, yeah, just need some extra bodies to take away time and these players will will grow as they gel together. Mm. Now, obviously, one of the, the, the bigger disappointments from, from Tuesday, and there are a long list of them, unfortunately, uh, and, and it is a hangover from Saturday as well. So in the last two games, Tom, we've conceded four goals. Uh, we, all four of which you can point to things that we, we certainly could have done a lot better. Now, obviously, we, we, we talk about the 25 clean sheet target that, that Nigel mentioned himself uh, after the game against Sheffield uh, Wednesday on the opening day where we got the first one. Well, we're still still 24 away from that target after the, the, these last two games. I mean, and obviously just focusing on Milton Keynes, you know, the first goal, George Dobson sort of just missed out on his challenge and that's all, all, all of a sudden opened up the space. Uh, I think there's certainly going to be question marks about the goalkeeper for that one as well. His, his positioning just seemed a little bit weird. Uh, I don't know if we have to, have to watch it back and just see maybe it happened too fast for him. But, you know, there's a couple of people. I, I don't think Craig McGovery's had the start to the season he would have expected to have considering the, the pedigree that he comes with. I think there's been a couple of goals he'll feel, he'll feel we should have done a bit better with. And then obviously the second one, bit of bad luck in terms of, you know, Akin Fainway putting an excellent block and it sort of poked through, but it somehow squirms through about four bodies. And Moisa, who was a, an absolute handful, to be fair to him, uh, was, was completely unmarked four yards out, which is the last place you want to see him. So that defensive solidity that I thought we were going to have after the Sheffield Wednesday game, where all in all, other than that, that chance late on for Barry Bannon, we didn't really give him a sniff at goal. Uh, all of a sudden, that sort of faded away in in the last uh, in, in in the last two games. Yeah, and and that concerns me as well. Obviously, McGivery comes in as Player of the Year. Uh, Innes and Famwo, we saw how how good those two were in the few options that they had or the few games they had together last season. Um, 
So, yeah, you're right. The the first goal, as I say, it was a great pass to play him through, but the midfield let him in uh, and gave him basically the freedom of our half. Well taken finish, but as you say, keeper well out of position. And that second goal, there are so many players around him that, uh, you know, you could put it down to bad luck and say that it bobbled through to the wrong person. But I think there's enough people there that should clear it. And obviously my first answer was trying to find positives in, in answer to your first question. But I, you know, we have to be honest, 70, 75 minutes of that game, we were we were not just bad, we were, we were really bad. And Milton Keynes played well, to be fair to him, but I think we made it very, very easy. And, you know, even out on the flanks, look, I know Chris Gunter isn't an, a natural left back and I know he's a Welshman and I want to try and stick up for him, but he was very poor. Obviously, we'll come on to his, his foul throw, I'm sure. Uh, and on the right-hand side, I didn't think Adam Matthews was much better. And as you said, the same you could be said of Oxford. They obviously had that, that chance in, uh, I think it was the second half when it was played right across our six-yard box and they only just missed it. So, you know, we could have easily, very, very easily lost that game by more. So... It is a concern um, and it goes back to the identity. You know, I don't know if we are a team that are trying to be solid from the back. I don't know if we are a team that are trying to play the ball out. I, I just don't really know what we are at the moment. And whilst I'm pleased we've got these players on long contracts and there's a chance to build that identity, we can't three games into this season be saying, well, that's OK, because, you know, if we don't go up this season, we can build on it. We're looking for promotion this year. And, and obviously that contract stuff that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago does give us some security for the future but you know I don't think it's fans being impatient to say that they want success this season because I feel like we are very close to being in a position to do that and so these players need to gel very very quickly and Adkins has got a tough job on his hands to do that but he's an experienced manager and you know you'd think we'll come on I'm sure to talk about all of the recruitment stuff because I know that's been being talked about a lot this week but you know, he's wanted these players. These are good individual players. I think we've all said we're pleased with the business we've done, but they need to start gelling quickly because, OK, it's only three games and no one's panicking yet, but that can very quickly in this division spiral to 10, 11, 12 games. And if you've not got many points on the board by then, you're very quickly falling behind the, the kind of leaders. So, yeah, big change needed and, and needs to come soon. Mm. Yeah, I think Tom uh, Tom brought it up there and it did sum up our, our chasing of the game, having fallen behind uh, 2-1, Ben. That that foul throw from Chris Gunter in our corner flag was right by us in the press box. Basically, he kept trying to steal too many yards and the second time he did it, uh, the referee just overturned the, the decision and gave the throw the other way and uh, I can only imagine what the reaction was like in the uh, in, in a frustrated away end at that point. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was not good, especially as as Tom said, he didn't have a good game, so fans were already on his back and then it's just crazy because normally in injury time, if you if you're the team winning, you're the team sitting back and the other team are attacking you and you're thinking, please hold on, just boo it, way. But it just didn't happen. It was all MK, and then when we did hit uh, get the ball, we either kicked it out of play or Chris Gunter wasted a minute doing that. I mean, I think the ref first of all sent him back because he said he'd come up the pitch too far, and then when he did come up, he then did that foul throw. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Again, we were devoid of ideas and it was it was hugely frustrating, which resulted in a lot of fans singing you're not fit to wear the shirt when they came over at the end, which I can understand the frustrations, especially if you've been at Oxford and Milton Keynes and seen both performances, which were definitely not good enough. Uh, but obviously I feel sorry for people like Jaden who were brilliant uh, both defensively and up front. Uh, so that's definitely a massive positive we can take from him. But he just needs that support, whether that's someone 
changing our formation and someone playing up front with him as a, as a two. Um, but then maybe he doesn't think Josh Davison's ready for that. But mm. yeah, in terms of the end of the game there, it was hugely frustrating. As I say, normally you're used to uh, the team who are, who are one down really attacking, trying to get the goal. But unfortunately, it was the other way around. Yeah, it's certain. Uh, yeah, and again, similar to the Oxford game. Obviously, Deji Eleraway. Eleraway. I will learn that at some point uh, when he plays more often. But he's got his debut now, and I won't be surprised if he does play more often after the, the performance he put in, and that including an excellent block on a shot from Issa uh, very, very early on. Now, I mean, th- th- that, that away end, Tom, at full time, obviously, you would have heard the boos. Uh, and and as Benji said, there was there was a bit of chanting about not fit to wear the shirt and that. Uh, I, I, it's it's been boiling over for a couple of weeks, isn't it? I think um, you know there was a lot of hope going into the season, and after a decent performance enough, yeah, decent enough performance against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but the concern about the lack of signings it has been boiling. So I'm, I wasn't surprised to see it all boil over after a, a couple of frustrating games, and, and it shows. There's still there's still a little bit of work to be done, isn't there? Yeah. You know, again, it comes back to I think a, a fan base that were told this and that in terms of what our aims were going to be for this season. Obviously, whilst trying to to do it sensibly and and stuff, and and it hasn't really been fulfilled yet. There's still time to to do that, of course, but so far, not not so good on that front. Yeah, I think so far this season, and I, I take myself out of this because I haven't even been able to show up for a game yet, but on the whole, I think the fans have been the most impressive part of of the season. You know, that, that huge crowd, I managed to see the game on Sky because I was away the first week, but the huge crowd we had at home, I think the crowds that we've taken to, to both of the away games have been absolutely fantastic. And you're right, I'm not going to say false promises because obviously there's a long way in the season to go, but but expectations have been set to a level. And, and as I said, rightly so, because of the players we have signed to date and because of the size of squad we are, uh, sorry, size of team we are and all of that, I think we, we rightly are looking at trying to get playoffs as a minimum. So, yeah, and when you've spent, you know, spent whatever money you've spent and, and time you've spent travelling to those two away days in, in five days and seen two pretty dismal performances overall you've got every right to to feel that way and particularly when emotions are running high when you've just seen a bloke who's got 100 international caps give away a foul throw in the last minute when you're chasing a game it's not a surprise it's boiled over I think obviously the reaction on Twitter at full time of any game is not a place to judge things but the fact that that reaction has continued throughout the rest of this week I think is shows how the fan base are feeling currently Uh, I don't think it's entitlement at all and I think if we are going to come on to look at who has been perhaps identified or singled out this week, I think that the one pleasing thing for me is that on the whole, once people had calmed down post-result, people aren't particularly looking at the players. People aren't particularly looking at Adkins. There might be one or two, um, but I think people are prepared to give that side of the the team and the squad a chance um, because a lot of the players are new, etc. So, yeah, I, I think that, in itself it is a positive because I feel like, again, on Saturday, majority of fans that are there will give the players a chance to redeem themselves. But it is a concern. And, and as I said in my last answer, if if we go another few games without getting that first three points on the board and without scoring a goal from open play, you are going to question Adkins' tactics. You are going to question certain performances. Um, 
but as I say, I think at the moment those players have still got a bit of uh, bit of leeway with the fans and a bit of time to correct that because it is still early days. But it is worrying. It's definitely a, a concern. Mm. Right, let's hear from the man himself then, Nigel Adkins, the Charlton manager. I spoke to him after the game up at Milton Keynes and asked what he made of the evening's work. Well, I thought the first 20 minutes were exceptional. I thought we were really, we had a good intensity about ourselves. We had great movements in front of the ball. Um, scored a great goal, you know. So for me, the first 20 minutes we were very good. We had the momentum of the game. Then, unfortunately, not long after that, we've gone and conceded. From my point of view, a very poor goal. You know, we've lost it. Um, and then the momentum of the game sw- uh, changed then a little bit um, um, during that first half. But the goalkeeper's made a fantastic save from Jaden Stockley just before half time. Little through ball there from DJ. I thought he had a great first half. Um, and the keeper's made an excellent save there. So it's even at half-time. And to be fair, it's fair to say that I thought uh, MK Don's got the better of the momentum early on in the, in the second half. And they've carried that on through the game. You know, they had a, they play a very, very good formation the way they do. They, they move the ball about. We wanted to press from the very beginning. So we've done that in spells. But sometimes when you don't quite get it right, you get taken... Um, teams can pass through you a little bit and uh, at stages that happened a little bit and then when the momentum of the game goes that way sometimes it's challenging I know I've got a real honest hard working group of professionals who are giving everything they've got we want to keep improving unfortunately tonight we've not got the result that we've, we've come for um, exceptionally very good first half some chances uh, but the second half belonged to MK Dons a disappointment after having those spells in the second half it felt quite similar to the Oxford game where it was when, when Charlton were chasing us just a struggle perhaps to get back into it as much as you would have liked well yeah I mean listen the, the second goal we've conceded we should defend that better you know there's people around the lad who's, who's gone and scored it and they should you know, we should defend that uh, better um, and then at the end of the day the result might have been a different result although I must say I thought MK Dons passed the ball well um, in, in spells in the second half as I said, we wanted to go and press them and uh, it was a little challenge at times. Momentum's a funny thing in football, obviously. I think it's the first time in a while that Charlton have gone free at the start of a league season without winning. That's something that you'll want to address as soon as possible before people get too down in the dumps. Of course it is. I mean, I'm, you know, say to the players, you've got to take care of business now, recovery-wise. Obviously, Connor Washington had to come off with an injury there. So, um, you know, he's uh, he was feeling great and he's just he just felt something. Um, so he, he's come off. Um, one or two little niggles as well but we've got to get ourselves ready come back in again and uh, bring the best of you individually to help the group uh, all of us you know and um, we'll get ourselves ready for the next Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. 
Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlotte have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Gets it. Come on. What a time Let's to be here. Here at Wembley. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're looking back still at the uh, Milton Keynes game. Uh, we just heard there from from the gaffer Nigel Atkins. Um, yeah, it's, he he would have been very disappointed with with the way things have started, um, Benji. Um, I, I wonder if he if he'd be a little bit surprised. I mean, you know, considering how well he did towards the end of last season. But I guess considering the the squad he has available to him at the moment, it's probably no surprise that we're, that we're struggling because there still really isn't those options from the bench yet. Yeah, totally. I think we are missing players that finished last season. I know me and you are in the same camp regarding Liam Miller. I think although his final ball was quite frustrating, he did a lot of work for DJ, whereas he said, give me the ball, I'll take it up the pitch for you and, and then isolated DJ a bit. So... When DJ got on the ball, he wasn't man-marked as much as he was at Oxford. So you got that part of the game. Aniki, an option to bring on from the bench. He was always a handful for defenders and scored quite a lot of goals. Missed him. And of course, you look at Jake Forster-Kasky, Alex Gilby. They finished the season really well. And um, obviously, they're both out at the moment. So we're missing them. I mean, if you think if those two were both fit at the moment, then the likes of Dobson, Clare and Morgan, their minutes... Uh, on the pitch would be managed and we might see the best of them as they slowly come into the club and as Tom said earlier work out the identity so you look at that and you think okay I can understand it a bit but of course he'd like to have had a few more bodies in but you don't know how uh, strict or the process of what we're trying to do in the transfer market have we been put off too much by the uh, wage demands by players or high transfer values from clubs and we're waiting until those final, I don't know, week, 10 days until clubs go, oh, well, actually, this player's in his last year of his contract. We better get what we can for him now. So, yeah, it's it's hard for Nigel because we are missing players. I don't think many people can put that much blame on him when he's looking around at his bench and he can't put many players on. Um, but, look, his record last season was really good. I mean, the game we lost, was it the Peterborough game? Um, I can't remember if we lost another game, but a team that went up via automatic promotion. So I, I still think he's the right man for the job. I, I don't think that's being questioned at the moment. But yeah, let, let's hope we can get a few more bodies in. I think Parrington's back in training last week. We're missing him. And don't forget, we're missing Martson. We haven't replaced him either. I, I know he wasn't fans' cup of tea as much, but that was another option. And he offered pace and he offered an overlapping fullback to help out the likes of DJ or Charlie Kirk now. So, again, then Matthews and Gunter could have changed over a right-back. I don't think 
as I said, many teams have been unchanged yet this season. So I think mm. that's probably playing a part as well. Yeah, right. Let's have a look at some of the tweets that have come in. Don't forget, we've got the uh, fans' bar views uh, coming up shortly as well. But Jamie says the lack of a recruitment is having an effect. Uh, we haven't really replaced the players that have left. Our midfield has always been our strong point of the last four or five seasons. But this year, it is terrible, light and lacking quality. The pressure uh, is on now. Will says, keep calm, deep breaths. We're only three games into the season. Keep the face. Uh, keep the faith. Keep your face. If you have a face, keep it. Uh, Macca says, at the time you end up, uh, by, you'd have to bleep out what I think about it. Uh, then there'd be nothing left to say. It's absolute rubbish at the moment. The team, that is not us. Oh, cheers, Macca. <laughs> uh, Alan says, the first 15 minutes were more like Charlton pressing, getting the ball wide for DJ and Matthews overlapping for crosses. Uh, we get the goal and all was good again. Once it went to 1-1, though, the ball then stopped going wide and the defence start hitting, hitting the long balls to Stockley, hoping for something to come out of it. Uh, the King of Cools says, uh, Matthews and Gunter, what has happened to them? Both have had truly awful starts to the season. I can't defend or get forward. Uh, don't look like uh, they want to be there. Jimmy says, is it ideal? No. Does it make for great watching? No. Am I, ro- am I worried? Uh, not really. Uh, not at all. It's uh, early days. Window is still uh, open. And the last two seasons, we've started well and ended up relegated and outside the playoffs. Strong start um, uh, doesn't always mean a strong finish in Charlton. Uh, we trust. Uh, Arthur says there's no passion, no players uh, be very lucky to stay in this league. Uh, once again, high expectations for the season, but unlikely to see them come to fruition. Charlton uh, do not give the same vibe as when Lee uh, Bowyer uh, was in charge. I mean, I mean, Arthur's looking at potential relegation. I mean, surely that's a step too far, Tom. Uh, I can't see it myself. No, I think even with the squad we've got, I don't think we're bad enough to go down. But obviously we've no divine right to stay up. But I, I just don't see that happening. I think the infrastructure is there as well. I also do think, like Benji said earlier, that by the end of the transfer window, we'll have another two or three in it at the very least. Whether it's loans or permanents, I don't know. But that will just bolster the squad a little bit. If you've got people like Gilby and, and Purrington, it's not like... You know, Perrington's uh, Roberto Carlos, but by just having a bit more strength in depth, that's going to help. Uh, we're still waiting on Ronnie as well. Again, uh, unproven, I would say, at this stage. Uh, he did barely touch the ball when he came on last season. And, you know, we're giving Kirk benefit of the doubt um, for, for his game the other night. You've got to get people the ball. So if we can get two or three more in uh, and we get players fit, uh, you know, I definitely don't think we'll go down. As I say, I think we're in a position where we should be looking at the playoffs and anything other than that, it, it will be a disappointment. But uh, yeah, even with a bad season, I would be expecting us to finish mid-table. But you never know. You never know. Obviously, the way it's going at the moment, we're very much looking over our shoulder, but it's still early days. Yeah, certainly as well. Robert says, promising start. DJ, uh, looking lively when we scored. I had high hopes for the rest of the game. How wrong I was after their equaliser. Misplaced passes, one-dimensional, no real creativity. Uh, Milton Keynes were first to the ball, more comfortable along uh, with their one or two-touch football. Gunter was shocking out of a well-below-par team performance. Nigel needs to get them up for this game on Saturday and show the fans they want it because there was a lot of unhappy ones on Tuesday, including me. It was a really poor show. Right, well, uh, Robert did mention there were some unhappy fans, unfortunately, at Stadium MK uh, on Tuesday. Well, I uh, gave uh, Benji and Lewis the uh, unenviable task of going out and shoving microphones in their faces. Uh, It's our fans' bar views uh, feature. Uh, First one that we've done on the road. This is what the uh, fans after the game had to say uh, after the performance against Milton Keynes. I'd probably say the first 15 minutes we was on top. Um, I think we deserved the first goal and as soon as they got a cheap goal, 
Um, our heads just completely dropped, kept giving the ball away in midfield. There was actually no midfield. Um, and then they deservedly got the second goal and then we were just flat. Disappointing. Uh, we would have liked to have seen a bit of a reaction from, from Saturday. Um, didn't really see any sort of identity from the team at how we're trying to play. Uh, Stockley, again, running his heart out, Morgan, but... You know, don't, no identity, no no sort of way to play, and then we end up resorting to the route. Terrible, one. absolutely shocking. Route one, last three games, we're just lumping it up to stop me. It's shocking. We need a plan B. Adkins, not sure if he's the right man to be honest with you. If we're going to play football like that, last three games have been absolutely horrendous. They were probably trying. Um, you can't take that away from them. But you know, to me, it just seemed very route one. Uh, to stop Slee and then the idea was it bounced down the ball to oncoming players um, I'm just really really sorry about everything uh, I just hope that we, you know at the end of the day we, 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 we love it you know all the players we love and they're trying and the, and the managers probably trying and the owners trying but it needs to be a lot better than this it really yes, does that is the main problem what what really we had yes Charlie Kirk there tonight uh, but what else have we got on the bench to come on there's not too much that you're going to look and think okay this is going to change the game the only person who put any heart into there was Jaden Stockley and also Albie but Albie's running around like a headless chicken he doesn't know what to do with the ball JD and right I mean man of the match by far but he had no help Gunter at the right back you know should have stayed off the pitch, you know, but um, I'm, I'm just getting fed up with it. I think what we need is probably, we need depth, that's no no word of a lie about that, we need squad depth, we can't be having, as good as the academy is, we can't be relying on academy if we need to chase a game. I would like to see another striker, um, definitely a left back, potentially another centre back, um, I know that they're probably working hard on getting some Premier League loans in, but... You know, I feel like depth is the most important thing that we need to be looking Nothing's at. Nothing's ever straightforward, but, you know, we need to sort of review things desperately. Otherwise, you know, we stand no chance. We'd be mid-table, and, we, and we're a bigger club than that. We need to really push on a little we bit. We need at least another four to five bodies. We need a left-back, Sean Clare. I've not seen much from him in, in midfield. He's been dreadful. We need at least another five, six bodies. Uh, Charlie Kirk, didn't see much from him tonight, but what could he do when he come on like that and they're just lumping it up to stop me? So something needs to change, whether it's a couple more bodies or, or, or the manager. We've got to change something because that has been shocking. The last three games have not been good enough. There we go. Good mix of views uh, from the fans. Thanks to all of those who spoke to Ben or Lewis after the, the game on Tuesday. Uh, always good to get different people's voices on the pod. Uh, ben and Lewis will be out again in force on Saturday uh, after the game against uh, Wigan. I'll, I'll try and hunt down exactly where they will be and put it on Twitter. Uh, but if you see anyone with a Charlton Live microphone doing some interviewing uh, in the fans bar or in the Oak or somewhere after the game, uh, make sure you go up to them. Give them your opinion and get your voice on the Charlton Live uh, podcast. Uh, I mean, Ben, the, one, one of the chaps you, you spoke about was, again, already sort of suggesting that maybe Nigel... Uh, isn't the man for him uh, again? Were you surprised to see to see that so early? Uh, you know, obviously he's more than entitled to his opinion, which is why we we put it on the pod. 
Um, but uh, I mean, you could hear the frustration certainly in his voice. And if I, you know, if you've travelled all that way, you are frustrated at that point, aren't you? Yeah, that guy had actually only travelled from around the corner. It was his local game, but um, <laughs> no, for, for me, I, I do think he's got a lot of credibility from last season. Um, and I still think he deserves to be the manager still because he's not got the tools to work with at the moment. We're still waiting for these players to come in. Um, and I think a lot of people thought it would be like when Chris Powell got us up that season. He got players in early, of course, and we look at that and we had a team ready to go in the pre-season friendlies and they could work and gel together. So I think people are automatically disappointed because of that. Um, but look, after the game, it's, everyone's heated up and you're wound up. Gonna, uh, this guy I was speaking to had gone to all three games so far and was wound up. He brought a few mates with him that were that were local, that weren't Charlton fans, and taken them to see Charlton. And then you turn out a fixture in the second half like that. You're, you're instantly disappointed. But for me, I think it's too early to turn on, on Nigel because I don't think he's got the players there that he wants ready to... To work with so once he has then of course we can judge him but I think at the moment okay I, I would like to see him maybe put Washington up front with Stockley as a two mm. because I get so frustrated that Stockley is winning so many headers and there's no one at the end of them but other than that I can't really complain and tell him what else to do different because yeah. there isn't much to do and obviously now Connor Washington lost to injury we'll hear the injury update from Nigel Adkins in the preview of the uh, Wigan game a couple more emails I want to come to uh, as well before we move on uh, Chris said uh, great show as always really enjoy uh, tuning in there are so many issues with that performance after we let Milton Keynes back into equalise but one thing I've noticed is how our fullbacks simply don't get forward and it creates a lack of support for our wide men uh, with no overlaps uh, Steve uh, says, I, along with all Charlton supporters, it were again bitterly disappointed with the result and performance at Milton Keynes. Uh, now everyone has the right to express their opinion however they seem fit. I have no problem with that. What I do have a problem with is telling Charlie Kirk he's not fit to wear the shirt, which I found pathetic. Uh, telling Jaden Stockley the same thing after all he's done to improve the side. How do you think Deji Leroy uh, feels after listening to that? 17 years old, the best prospect we've had at the club for years. Confidence draining or what? Nigel Atkins and the players know they're not playing well at the moment and things have got to change sooner rather than later. Let's see how uh, when uh, new players come in, I'm sure then that the team will improve. That's from Steve. Yeah, uh, as we said, yeah, there was there was a bit of chanting at the end. I mean, obviously, I guess we it was sort of a general aimed at everyone, but you, you'd assume people weren't singing that aimed at some of those better players. You know, we heard Stockley was, was singled out for praise during that fans bar uh, feature we just had uh, there. Right, um, Phil says, hi guys, lucky I didn't watch the game on Tuesday. The reports were that after the 15 minutes, uh, we were lacklustre and lacking any quality. Uh, whoever is advising Sangard over transfers at the moment is getting things wrong. We're woefully short of covering so many positions, especially at left-back, uh, ACM and a striker. Uh, if Stockley gets injured, we're in big trouble. We also haven't got anyone pulling the strings in midfield. I'm sorry, at, but Albi is not the answer. Thomas Sangard's honeymoon period is running short and he needs to back up his promises. And then Phil says, the first 20 minutes aside, that was possibly the most inept performance I've ever seen from a Charlton side. If we carry on like that, then players won't want to come to the club. Uh, Leroy was the only positive to come out of that match, uh, but I think the fans already knew what a talent he is, so it doesn't come as a surprise. We have nothing in midfield, and look unable to get the ball to the wingers in the current 
uh, current formation. Now, uh, Phil sort of ends his email and uh, Dom Richardson uh, asks, asking the same question. There's a couple of people uh, on Twitter asking the question as well. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Tom, we've all seen it this week. I, I think, uh, you know, someone's someone's certainly become the, the, the target for a lot of ire uh, of the Addicts fans. Now, the technical director, Jed Roddy. And, I, I mean, a few people are asking the question. Uh, Dom Richardson's question is... Um, a lot of fans are very angry at Jed Roddy. Do you know why this is? Did he miss an open goal against Wimbledon or something? In all seriousness, does anyone know what the, the comments behind him are? Um, Phil's, Phil's question is similar. He says, sincerely hope that the rumours of Roddy being in full control of scouting and recruitment aren't true, as Steve Gallen has probably done the best business the club have ever done. Um, you know, questions like this, I mean, it's, it's hard from the outside to really understand what what the issue that the people have decided is i think i think there seems to be a, a feeling that the people under the, the way people are seeing it is that steve gallon's not involved in transfers anymore he's only involved in one part of it so i mean when we're on the outside i mean it's hard to decide if that if that is actually what's happening but obviously we've seen a lot of this these comments at the moment and i don't know the, the, the more i read of it the, the more i think it's it's a little bit without a lot of people getting very angry without having the full facts yeah I think I probably agree like you obviously I don't I don't know um I think look somebody has to be uh I don't want I don't know scapegoat is the right word because obviously results have been bad but somebody fans are looking for someone to take the blame and this is a a rumor or an idea or a face or a name that people have chosen to run with particularly since Tuesday night as I talked about a little bit earlier, I think in some ways, no disrespect to, to Jed, and he's not someone I know particularly, but at least it's not the players, because as I say, it gives the players and the manager a chance to put things right on the pitch. But I think if you look at how fans are feeling overall, there are there are some key issues here, and the main one is recruitment. And you would argue over the last three, four years, one of the things, despite everything else, has been that the recruitment we have made within whatever confines there have been, has been very good. So then you're going, OK, well, what's the difference this year? Why are we not able to do that this year when we've potentially got more money, which in itself could be an issue? Uh, and he's the only difference. And obviously Rich uh, replied to someone the other day and said, look, my understanding is that he's involved in seeking out the players and then Steve is involved from a more negotiations perspective. I saw today that I think Rich was going to try and dig a little bit more into that and find out. But if that is the case and Steve Gallen is not identifying players, then that is a cause for concern because, well, why when, when he's been so good at it in recent years? So I don't think it helps. Obviously, his son has come in and he's playing through the youth team as well. Again, it's a cheap stick to beat him with, but it's another thing that's happened. So, look, somebody has to take the blame for all of this. Uh, and obviously, there was some chance about not being fit to wear the shirt in the heat at the moment. But on the whole, I'm glad it's not the players. Um because you don't want it affecting them this early on, particularly those that have just joined the club. So it is a strange one. And obviously we've had people, the, the Thomas Drysons of this world, who've worked kind of mysteriously behind the scenes in the transfer setup in the past. Um, and whilst I'm not going to compare them like for like, again, we're kind of at a position where we're going, well, what exactly is he doing? Because what Thomas told the fan advisor in that interview the other week seems slightly different to what we're hearing now. And ultimately, recruitment isn't where we want it to be. And so I think that's why it's all happened. But yeah, all very strange. And, and I'm sure it'll all come out at some point and it'll be made clear. But at this point, as I say, I'm trying to focus on the pitch and looking ahead to Wigan. And 
I hope that the players are given that chance on Saturday to put things right, and and that's obviously where we all need to be. Mm, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a committee for for transfers as we understand it, and and I think Gallon and and Jed Roddy are both on it, and uh, yeah, I, I do think it has it has just been a bit of a strange week where all of a sudden. You know, it's like a red rag to a ball that this week we're all hugely disappointed because the the recruitment hasn't been what we wanted it to be yet, and, and we haven't won any games yet, and we're not playing to the to the to the levels that we're hoping. And all of a sudden, that well, people are trying to put two and two together and just decided, well, he's the new guy. It must be him because ever since he's come in, the recruitment's not been what it should be. But I, I think I think that's a bit of a stretch, and I think some of the stuff we've seen on uh, on social media this week trying to hound a man out of his job. Uh, when again, as I said, no one really knows the full facts. Has been a bit, a bit ridiculous. But anyway, we have been talking about recruitment. There was one named uh, that was mentioned by Richard Corley on uh, Tuesday. Uh, so I asked uh, Nigel about the chap uh, when we uh, uh, got to speak to him after the game. Corey Blackett Taylor, uh, from uh, Aston Villa trainee, I think he was. Uh, spent the last couple of years with uh, with Tranmere Rovers. Uh, is currently a free agent. Um, Charlton have been looking at him by the sounds of it so I just asked Nigel Atkins if he can give us uh, any more details uh, what he knows about the, uh, the the player Corey Blackett Taylor there's a lot of players that we've been looking at and a lot of players that we admire and a lot of players that, that we've got 12, 11, 12 days left of the transfer window and it's uh, it's you know, it's obvious for everybody that we need to bring some more players in uh, to help the honest hard working players that we've got um, who tonight unfortunately have ended up on a the wrong side of the results. Is he one you, you know much about? I think he was uh, had, had a couple of seasons with Tranmere and, and was talked about with Wigan earlier on in the window. Is, is he a player you, you, you like the look of? He was. Um, he's a player that I'm aware of. Obviously, he was very well, very well when he was at Aston Villa in England. Answering your question to that, like, there's a lot of players that we like out there. So. Um, you know, who knows? There we go. Obviously, Nigel never gives much away, but the fact he he knew who he used to play for and stuff obviously shows he does have a keen eye on him. Um, yeah, there's, again, there's definitely something in the fact that we've been looking at him, um, uh, similar to Charlie Kirk. Uh, whether we, again, whether we end up signing him, signing him or not, I'm sure it'll be dependent on a few factors. I've, I have to admit, I'd never heard of him uh, before before Tuesday, Ben. Uh, do you have a more informed view on me uh, than me? Looks like he's a sort of an attacking midfielder who can play out wide as well. Um, you know, played played youth levels for England, so got some pedigree there. But you know, not 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 a player I I, I claim to know too much about. No, I think I watched a few videos of him on YouTube of a few goals he scored at Tranmere. He looked quite lively. Well, you're now to... officially as uh, as um, as well well regarded in the recruitment world as uh, Thomas Dryzen. If you've watched a couple of YouTube videos, well, yeah, I haven't told you, but I am part of the scouting team that is helping Thomas sign his <laughs> players, and that is as far as it goes. I looked up his football manager stats as well, so yeah, he looks all right. But no, look, we need we need a winger uh, desperately because we're missing one from last season in Miller. And Jaden Stockley is one of the best strikers in the league. And if we get crosses into him, he will head them in the goal. So I guess because also we, we've had Charlie Kirk come in, but we'd still, you know, if Kirk and or DJ are out, then all of a sudden we don't have a winger. And we're back to Washington playing out of position, which is, you know, why we definitely need a, a body in that place. Yeah, definitely. It's just, just gives us an extra option because if, well, I've seen Kirk play down the middle as well, like just behind the striker. So... It just mixes it up for us. And look, when defenders are getting tired, especially fullbacks, the last thing they want is a winger coming on who's fast and tricky and that'll put them on the back foot. And um, 
Yeah, so if we can add someone like that to our team, I see Wigan were interested in him earlier on in the window. I don't know if he was training with him or something, but don't know what happened there. So, look, I know Wigan have got a lot of players in this summer in free transfers, so that might have been the case. They got too many players in and they went elsewhere. But, yeah, definitely, definitely a position I think we need another player in. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, uh, there, there were reports linking him to Wigan, as, as I sort of mentioned there when I was asking Nigel. But I guess you, you never know with reports linking players to, to certain places could easily be uh, agent speak, just like I, I imagine it was when, when Charlie Kirk was, was linked with Sheffield United and obviously still ended up uh, coming to the Valley. Right, let's look ahead then to the game with Wigan at the Valley uh, on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Um, uh, Tom, you're finally going, but only because you're going to get wined and dined in the Valley Gold Box. Yeah, I'm not actually staying for the game. I'm just going to have a bit of food and then head back off. So, uh, yeah, no, I'll actually be there. I have got another festival at Crystal Palace again, but uh, because it's at home this time, I can go after. Yeah. So, Nathan, yeah, really, look, really looking forward to Nathan's name got pulled it. out of the hat. I think everyone who's in Valley Gold, they pull your name out of a hat if you get lucky. And this time it was Nathan's and he hasn't got any mates, so he's got to take you. Yeah, well, I'll take it. I'll take that. However, whatever he thinks of me, I'll be there. So, uh, yeah, no, joking aside, I'm really excited to get back and... Yeah, I felt a little bit like I was getting a, a little bit disillusioned. Obviously, season seems to have come around very, very, very quickly, and we've obviously not started the season well. But uh, now we're a couple of days out from getting back to the valley. I, I cannot wait. Honestly, I, I realised how much I've missed it. So, um, yeah, at least until kickoff, I'll be looking forward to it, and then we'll see what happens. Oh, well, hopefully, you would have drunk so much free booze that you forgot. Well, I don't know if it's free actually. Do you have That's to pay? the plan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but either way, I'll be planning to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. excellent stuff. Right, let's uh, hear from Nigel Adkins then. Ahead of the game uh, with Wigan uh, on Saturday, he gave us the injury update first. Uh, obviously, Connor Washington, uh, the main concern after coming off injured against Milton Keynes. Well, yeah, he talked about um, Connor Washington there. Obviously, came off. You could see he was in a lot of discomfort. He probably won't make the game, but you never know. Okay, uh, I'd like, we'd like to think not. Um, he's, uh, we've got excellent medical care here, so he's being assessed, he's progressing. So he probably won't make the game, but as I said, you never know. Um, we've got one or two other players who've got little niggles, as you say. It was a, it's been a, a busy period building into the season so far. So obviously the, the loading of players and the, the physical contacts that go on, one or two players have got a few little uh, situations that, um, that need to be resolved. But uh, on the whole, the players are in good spirits, looking forward to the game. And slightly more long-term player, of course, Alex Gilbert, Ben Perrington. Uh, how much closer are they? Yeah, Ben Perrington's been out on the grass um, the latter stages of his rehab. I'd like to think that uh, next week he'll be back in training with the players. So that's really good, as long as he can just keep that progression. Alex Gilby's been doing some, uh, some more CV stuff. It's obviously probably after effects of COVID, really. Which uh, it's affected all of us, hasn't it? You know, so we have to be mindful of that. He's a very, he's an athlete, and um, obviously the respiratory system can be affected in, in certain ways. But he is, he's doing some physical activity, but he's going to be a little bit longer, I think. Got two hundred games on the drop now, uh, and a week, a good gap of a week in between. I think we're games. Obviously, a good team gives uh, gives more time in the training. Uh, be two hundred games, one after the other. Well, it's like everybody. You've got like uh, people have sizes of squads. Sometimes you need to have recovery in between it, and obviously you need to go on. And train, you know, you need to have recruiting, you need to have bonding with everybody. Team spirit is a massive thing, especially if you just highlighted a little bit this moment in time where, you know, confidence can go up and down in so many different ways. Spirit keeps you going in a big way. You know, what's the environment? I say to the players, what's the environment like when things are going well? You're in early, you leave later, you speak to everybody, everyone's jovial, you train really, really hard. 
What's the environment like if you're doing poorly? You come in late, you go away early, you sulk, you keep out of the way, you don't speak to anybody, probably don't give the best if you go. So make sure the environment is the environment that it should be when things are going well. Because no coincidence, things are going well when that environment's like that, you know? So, and we keep improving on the, on the performance. So spirit is important, team bonding is important, and looking after each other, looking after each other is important. These are all part of the recipe to give yourself a chance to, to win games of football and do well. There we go. That's Nigel. It doesn't sound good for this weekend, at least for uh, Connor. Uh, and we're still a little bit away from, from Purrington and Gilby coming back. So it doesn't really sound like there's going to be uh, any new faces in the side uh, when it comes to, to Saturday. Uh, a Wigan side that, you know, famously have bought, you know, bought basically everyone that, w- that Ipswich haven't bought. Um, you know, and uh, uh, there's a couple of players that we looked up that ended going there. I don't know which ones, but um, uh, that, that's been mentioned that we would have loved to have signed some of the players that ended up at Wigan, but they're paying more money than we are. That's a fact. Um, so expected to do well this season, but not started off the greatest. Started off slightly better than us because they, they did beat Rotherham 1-0, but they you know, drew, drew with Wickham, I guess, coming down from the champ and... Lost at Sunderland, which I guess you could say is probably a tough game in this division as well. So they've had three difficult games to start off with, Ben. Uh, but they haven't set the world alight, but I guess when you have made a few signings, that, that's possibly a, a gelling situation as well for them. Well, yeah, I was looking through their team selections actually over the last few games. And kind of the point I was making before, they've they've changed around their team a lot. I know they've got that Rochdale striker Humphreys, who caused us a lot of problems last season. He started the game before, but was on the bench uh, on Tuesday night. And uh, he's definitely someone to watch out for. He scored that amazing free kick, didn't he, last year against us. And you've also got someone like Charlie White, who was the top goal scorer in the league last year. So another another player to watch out for. And he, I, I just noticed he hasn't scored yet this season. But um, they have got the mighty Ben Amos in goal. Uh, I thought he was a decent keeper for us, but we used to get loads of emails in last season, didn't we, saying... They didn't think he was good enough and stuff. And I mean, I looked at his game. Really, I think there was he was a bit susceptible to long shots, wasn't he? But and coming for for crosses as such. But other than that, I think he's a good keeper. So I think we'll have to work hard to try and beat him. Um, but yeah, look, Wigan are going to be up there. But it's a it's a really tough league this year. I think people have looked at the Championship and League One and thought, wow, League One's going to be a real competitive league. I mean, you just talked us through Wigan's fixtures this season, saying Wickham, Sunderland. Um, and we've had some tough. We've had Oxford that uh, were in the playoffs last year. MK Dons have um, strengthened their side this year, and uh, obviously playing Sheffield Wednesday will be another team up there. We're going to have such tough games this season, so it's not going to be an easy ride. And Wigan pose a massive, a massive uh, task for us on Saturday, mm. and I, I fully expect them to be in the top six. Yeah. Now, obviously, uh, we know that Washington's almost certainly not going to make it then. So Charlie Kirk, I think Nigel said he. Had to bring him on earlier than he was planning on 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 Tuesday evening, uh, you know, and ended up playing for the best part of thirty five minutes. So, if that was the case on on Tuesday, do you think that means he'd be ready to start now? Um, it'd be a big ask for the young man, Tom. Yeah, I guess at the moment, given who we've got, it's either him or Clayden, or you do what I've seen plenty of people calling for, which is which is try a four four two, and and then you've got to chuck uh, Josh Davison up there, but. It's a shame, really, because I, I even think if you were going four four two, I'd prefer Connor alongside Jaden, but obviously that's that's not the case. So, yeah, we're we're very limited in that position, really, in terms of the options. But 
personally, I think Claydon impressed me during pre-season. I know he's still young and I know we need to be careful with him. But I think whilst given what's going on in Kirk's personal life and the fact that he didn't have much of a pre-season, I think personally, if we're going to stick with the same formation, I'd be putting putting Claydon out there and give him a go. Um, and just, you know, say no pressure, just go and do what you do. Uh, and then I'm sure we'll see Kirk at some point, if not from the start. But I just think we need to be careful with him because if he was to break down two two games in, um, then obviously that would be a risk. So, yeah, that that really is the only change I guess we can make at this stage. Right, it's eight years since we went four, uh, three games without a win at the start of the season until this season, Ben. Facts and Stats has just tweeted this. 25 years since we last went four games without a win at the start of the season. That momentum, I mean, that and, and that that disquiet around the place at the moment. I mean, that need that needs to be halted in its tracks a little bit at the moment because we, we need, we need a, a bit of a fillet before, before things really start to get, you know, dragging on and, and really the, the, the place is really down in the dumps. Yes, we do, mate. I think an early goal would massively help with that just to get the fans back on side a little bit and get the atmosphere going. I mean, look, I'm sure when, once the players walk out the tunnel on Saturday, the fans will be right behind them again. Um, and the fans, hopefully the players will feed off that after the the comments and the songs at the end of the game on Tuesday. Because, look, that was frustrating times. But it's, at the moment, there are players that haven't played many minutes for the club because a few, quite a few of them are new players. So if we do try and get an early goal Saturday, I'm sure that will get the place going. And hopefully we can... Uh, keep that keep that lead, which obviously we didn't do on Tuesday night, and um, yeah, just just try and get behind them because at the moment, as I said, you're feeding off a team that haven't got many options. Just as uh, Tom just said there, trying to figure out something we could do starting the youngster Clade, and there isn't too much options out there to change it, especially with another injury. So. Yeah, hopefully an early goal. If we can get an early goal, I think that will help massively. Excellent stuff. Right, we've come to the end of this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who've tuned in. Uh, Thank you to Benji and to Tom for joining me. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Good to have you both with me. Right, I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Wigan. Let's hope that we finally pick up those first three points of the season. We shall see you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.